Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday, October 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our MLB beat writer. And it's uh, the day after the, the post-mortem, Paul, the, uh, the annual autopsy on the, the Indians that uh, we conduct with the uh, Remedia and the, the reporters and Chris Antonetti, Terry Francona, Mike Chernoff all sat together and, and basically talked about uh, – you know, what's ahead for this team in the offseason after the end of the 2021 season. A lot of interesting things, uh, beginning with who won't be back next year. And uh, not necessarily a huge surprise, but Ty Van Berkelio, the, the hitting coach uh, under Terry Francona for the last nine seasons, uh, he's not going to be back. The team's going to go in a different direction and look for uh, a new voice to lead the hitting group. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know this. Uh, you know there has, there's been very few changes with the Francona's coaching staff since he took over. And and while you know the Indians were no hit four times uh, during uh, last season, um, it's still kind of a shock because you know this guy survived a lot of. Uh, you know, a tie was you know kind of you know he went through a, a lot of ups and downs with with this offense. You know, they were, they were good at times. They were bad at times. You know, we saw Jose Ramirez uh, go through a, a, you know, a 500 at bat slump and that didn't cost him his job, but uh, uh, you know, this, they had apparently, you know, kind of reached their end of their rope here. Um, and it's, it's strange. Cause I, I remember in, in New York, right. You know, toward the end of the season, I was asking uh, Chris Antonetti if, if they were happy with their hitting coaches and I got, you know, the, the impression that he was that, uh, you know, they were that uh, uh, Ty and Van Berkeley was going to uh, weather the storm and be back next season. But, you know, the, these guys operate in stealth mode a lot. So, uh, you know, it was like you said, Joe, it wasn't a surprise, but the fact that they did it was kind of a surprise, you know, that, that it, just because the staff has been so stable. Do you think that uh, with, what you had found out, what you had talked to Antonetti about, uh, then maybe the de- the decision maybe came from Tito when they 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 got together at their their meetings at the end of the year. Was is that a possibility that Tito said maybe, you know, we need to go in a different direction here? Yeah, you know that might have been, but you know since Tito wasn't around the club, you know, for 
that whole second half, I, I, I don't know. You know, it's just, I think, you know, these guys do everything collectively. And I think it was, you know, probably a, a you know, a collective decision uh, that, that they made. And um, I don't know, you know, I mean, and you, you know, if you're a coach for nine years, that's a long time. That's a long run, man. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, I th I'm sure Ty will land on his feet if he wants to keep coaching and uh, he'll be, he'll be with the team, you know, uh, come spring training next year in some yeah. role. Uh, 40 years in professional baseball for Ty Van Berkelio. Uh Back in 2017 and 2018, the Indians scored, what, 818 runs each year. Uh, uh, th those offenses were, were, were pretty good, uh, good enough to get them to the playoffs and, and win them division championships both years. Uh, so it's not like Van Berkelio couldn't coach hitting or didn't. Uh, it's just in the last, you know, since 2019, uh, the offense has has had a, a sharp decline uh, significantly uh, under Van Berkelio. Uh, Justin Toole and Victor Rodriguez, uh, the assistant hitting coaches, are are likely to be back in, in some capacity. I think it sounded like Tito wanted to bring in somebody who would be able to work with both Toole and, uh, and Rodriguez. So, you know, yeah, there's there's going to be change, but it won't be a, a drastic change. I think they, they like to have Rodriguez on staff because he can act as sort of a go between be, between some of the uh, the Latin players on the team. And uh, it's it's uh, it's good to have a couple of different voices in that that way. Uh, you know, I don't know who's out there in terms of candidates, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who who the, the Indians pluck out of whatever organization to, to come be the hitting coach for next season. Yeah, definitely, uh, Joe. And I think, you know, one of the things that may have driven this move is they've had so much success developing pitchers, you know, with this kind of collective, uh, you know, approach, you know, from the minor leagues on up, it, it seems like it's a well-oiled machine. And, while, while they, you know, develop pitchers, starters and, and relievers, they haven't had that much success with hitters. And I think they're looking for, you know, to kind of reset and find a guy that can head this group. But I think it's going to have to work all the way down the chain, you know, from, you know, the, the, the top hitting coach right down to the, you know, the minor league hitting, uh, hitting coordinator and to the minor league hitting coaches below that. And one guy, you know, that I don't know if he would be a candidate right now, but Alex Eckelman, you know, mm -hmm. who has been in the front office, who is their, their director of hitting development, you know, he, um, he was kind of an assistant coach, uh, one of the, you know, the data, data guys uh, that, that was, uh, that, you know, spent a couple of years traveling with the team. He played, he reached triple A ball. So that's a, that's a guy that I wonder if, if, uh, He'll, you know, he's involved in the, in the process now, but I wonder if his, you know, uh, kind of duties will increase and maybe he'll, he'll be, uh, he'll get an interview in, in, in that, in that regard. Antonetti did mention that they would look for candidates both outside and from within uh, for that, that hitting coach uh, position. Uh, you mentioned Eckelman. <laughs> he also said that he expects the, the development teams to mostly stay intact, the pitching development, uh, hitting development, the the deep, uh, you know the field coordinators and all that, all expected to, at least at this point, expected to return for next season. So uh, there will be consistency there. Uh, Echoman, uh, 
you know, one to keep an eye on as a possibility. Uh, but, you know, who knows? They might cast a, a big net for this and, and maybe bring in somebody uh, from outside the organization. Uh, a lot of different points were, were touched upon in this uh, sort of this end of season wrap up meeting with uh, Antonetti and Chernoff and, and Tito. One of the biggest ones was Tito's health and really the revelation that, you know, uh, Francona wouldn't have been sitting in on this meeting and wouldn't have been sitting there. He said it himself, I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't expect to be back next year as the, the manager of the Guardians. So that was sort of a, a good positive step forward. Uh, he's had his surgeries. He's had the, the hip replaced and the foot. Uh, I think he said he had eight pins and a steel rod put in the, yeah. the foot. He said it was, wasn't anything you wanted to look at uh, before a meal was, uh, was what he said uh, about the foot. But uh, just to hear Tito uh, back and sort of engaged and, and hopeful that he'll be, be able to perform his duties as manager next season, uh, it, it sounded pretty good uh, that, that they're on the right path there. Yeah, definitely, Joe. As you wrote today uh, in your story, you know, he's got that one uh, next Monday, uh, you know, kind of a crucial uh, doctor's appointment. You got the impression that, uh, you know, that he was waiting to get the green light to, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, increase his rehab or, or you know, the doctor was going to say, hey, it's looking good for you to go back to work next, you know, uh, next spring training. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait to see if that you know, how he clears that hurdle. But, uh, you know, I think, like you said, if he was sitting there yesterday, you know, the, things are looking good and he's on, he's on the right, a good path to uh, return to the, you know, to the, to manage, uh, to, to manage the guardians next year. Yeah. Tito said that uh, in order to be a manager, you need to do it with two shoes on and he intends to do it with, uh, with two shoes on. He, he wore a shoe and a walking boot for, for every game that he, managed this past season uh he said he intends to be in two shoes next year he also you know was asked about you know what it was like uh to to be away from the team and and sort of watch from a distance as uh DeMarlo Hale and Mike Sarbos Andy Alomar sort of guided the team down the stretch and and took those last two months of development time really to work with these these young players that, that he developed he said from his apartment downtown it was a it was a, a unique thing that he could do when when he'd hear the fireworks go off he knew that somebody had hit a home run and so six seconds later on the delay he'd watch the tv and sure enough there'd be a home run coming uh, across the screen uh he said those were fun moments for him but but you could tell that he really sort of missed being at the ballpark with, with the club yeah, I mean, he's, you know, this is a baseball lifer. This is a guy that, you know, his dad played in the big leagues. You know, he, he his dad took him, I'm sure his dad took him to big league ballparks when he got old enough. You know, he's, he's, he played, he's played since, what, high school. He's a high, high you know, play, you know, really a, a, a very good high school player. Went to the University of Arizona, was the number one pick of, of the old Montreal Expos. So this is a guy that's really been in baseball his whole life. So he's got to miss it. And I, I would think, um, you know, he's, he's anxious to get back, but Joe, with a guy like that, with a guy like Tito, the fact that he, that the light finally went on last, you know, 
mid, you know, at the end of July and said, I can't do this anymore. I mean, this, you know, it really had to be bad. And to just to consider that, you know, I've got to take care of myself, even if it, even if I have to, you know, distance myself from the game or maybe even give it up in, in regards to, uh, to managing, it, it gives you an indication of where he was physically. Yeah, he, he said that he wouldn't be at the point right now where he was looking forward to the offseason if he had put off the surgeries and not had that taken care of uh, before this time, before the end of the regular season, so that he could sort of head into the offseason looking to get stronger and be ready for uh, spring training, which is the goal for him, uh, you know, on the other side of this big doctor's appointment. Uh, a couple other areas that were touched upon. Uh, we, we did ask about, you know, payroll for next year and the, the team's ability and where they expect to sort of devote their resources uh, in the offseason, whether that's going to be in going out trying to find free agents or maybe reinvesting in some of the players that they have, uh, offering extensions to get guys like Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez. Uh, Chris Antonetti said, we'll have the resources to invest in the team. I thought that was kind of maybe maybe almost showing a peek at his hand there. Uh, uh, when I heard that quote out of Antonetti, I, I kind of jumped to, oh, maybe there's a, a minority investor that's that's going to be announced soon or shortly. Uh, I think the, the exact wording was we expect to be able to invest back in the team, which is, you know, something nice. This is a, a guy who a year ago at this time was painting the gloomiest of financial pictures and outlook for uh, the ball club. And to hear him say, we expect to be able to reinvest in the team uh, potentially, that's, uh, that's a, a total change in tune. Yeah, that that was a uh, that kind of got everybody's attention, Joe. It was it was interesting, and maybe that does mean, you know, that um, you know that Paul Dolan has found a, a minority investor or you know an investor to help him uh, carry the burden here, and uh, that and I think also that you know they kind of slashed the payroll down to the bare minimum <clears throat> this past season, and now <laughs> there, I guess there's nowhere to, nowhere to go but up. You know, so uh, we'll see where that where that leads us. Yeah. And I don't know if the recent announcement of about the partnership with the county and the city on the, the reinvestment in, you know, what what could be taking place with the ballpark and the 400 some million dollars in, in upgrades that they're going to be doing over the next few years there. Uh, maybe that sort of hastened the the team's ability to attract a minority investor, you know, seeing that stability, seeing that viability there might've caught somebody's eye and they, or, or maybe they had somebody lined up and said that was the final nail in the, in the coffin to, to, to get a deal done to get a minority investor. But uh, it would not surprise me in the, in the least to see some sort of announcement on that coming soon uh, if they have found somebody and, and that would help uh, the team be able to, to devote some resources to hey. Uh, a Shane Bieber extension, finally, a Jose Ramirez extension. Uh, you know, Bieber's going into his first year of arbitration eligibility, and that's uh, that's going to be at least a $10 million price tag right there. Yeah, and I, I wonder if, you know, if the fact that, you know, kind of Bieber found out he was mortal this year, you know, and he missed 
you know, he got injured. Does that make a player a little more uh, willing to listen to an extension? You know, I, I, I wonder if, if that makes him a little more, I wouldn't say vulnerable, but just, you know, kind of perks your ears up and, and makes you willing to, uh, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not going to pitch until I'm 40. And maybe I better, you know, look look ahead and get a little security here. Yeah, if I'm Bieber's agent, I ignore all of that. I walk into negotiations with the Cy Young plaque and I slam it down on the table right in front of them and I say, see what he can do? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how much. Uh, although there's precedent for it. Corey Kluber wins his Cy Young and the same kind of deal or the same kind of, you know, what you're just talking about. He, he, he takes the the guarantee of that, that contract and, and goes with it as opposed to, you know, sort of waiting it out and, and hitting the free agent market. Uh, I, I get the feeling that, that Bieber is more along the lines of the patient kind of guy, you know, especially with, with what he pulled last year, uh, not, not taking a raise, not just playing under the, the same yeah. uh, contract. And that, that indicates to me that, he thinks he'll be fine just just waiting things out until uh, his his payday comes after you know he he reaches the end of arbitration. Yeah, Bieber uh, and 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 uh, you know uh, Kluber was a different situation. Kluber's older, you know, older. he was like 29, 28, 29, almost thirty when he signed his multi year. Bieber is still younger, you know, so he he might you know maybe that will play into this too that. He's got, you know, time to uh, kind of renegotiate or, you know, have reestablish himself, I should say, with a right. good year in, in 2022. All right. Another uh, big topic of conversation in that meeting with Antonetti, Chernoff, and, and Francona was Ahmed Rosario and what his future holds and where he will, where they see him playing next year. Is it at shortstop? Is it? Hey, go out and uh, spend the offseason working out in the outfield. Uh, all we know for sure is that Ahmed Rosario deserves to be an everyday player in that lineup. The way he hit, the way he uh, ran the bases, and the, the energy and the just professionalism that he he displayed uh, throughout the season. Uh, Ahmed Rosario should be in that lineup. We've been saying it here on this podcast for a while now, and we sort of got that sort of confirmed yesterday by Antonetti. Uh, it looks like he's going to get a chance to be the, the number one shortstop. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't see how they could say anything else, Joe, even if they have plans to uh, ask him to change positions. I mean, the guy played his rear end off, you know, and, you know, you can say what you want. I mean, what did he make? 10, 12 errors. I, I'm not sure how many errors he made. But, you know, I mean, from 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 the time they moved him back to shortstop in May to the end of the season, you know, he was probably him and Ramirez were the two best players on, on the ball club to me. And he was probably a little more consistent than Jose. Now, if you're looking, if you're looking for inconsistency, that would be uh, second base after the, the trade of uh, Cesar Hernandez, the Indians ran a group of guys out there between Yu Chang, Owen Miller, Andres Jimenez and Ernie Clement that, you know, didn't knock your socks off, but, uh, Chang and Jimenez, at least, and, and even Miller to a degree, uh, in, especially in September, toward the end of the, the season there, really looked like they were starting to, to get it together at the plate. Uh, I think that group, isolate that group among anybody else on the, the club, 
and they would have benefited by extending the season in another month, just playing another month's worth of games. Those guys probably would have, you know, turned in some results that would have impressed people. That's a great point, Joe. And uh, maybe it's just, you know, younger guys. Uh, Chang's not exactly a younger guy, but guys that are, you know, but he's still really getting your first extended look in the big leagues where you're not, you know, looking over your shoulder every day, thinking you're going to get sent down. I mean, those guys were, you know, uh, DeMilo Hale used those guys on a, you know, kind of a regular rotating basis. And uh, I think you saw like, you know, those three guys really kind of start to come around. Chang was, was the most impressive to me just because he could play all four spots and you didn't see a defensive drop off in any of them. And he, it looks like to me, like he's got a little more power than those guys than, than uh, uh, Miller and, and, uh, and him, Jimenez, but you know, even Jimenez has a little more pop and, you know, he's only 22. He's going to get, he's going to get better. And, and Miller, you know, started to look like the guy that, that we saw in spring training. Uh, right. You know, and, right. So, you know, I, I think you're right. I, that extended playoff playing time in the big leagues, you start to get used to the speed of the game. That's, that's only got to help you. And, and um, I don't know if those guys would go to winter ball or something like that. And maybe, you know, Jimenez, I think, would, you know, would probably be a candidate to do that. I don't know if Miller or, or Chang would, but, uh, you know, that's probably a, a good spot for those guys. Yeah, I, I... Jimenez among that group would probably be the most likely to play winter ball. You just don't want to see a kid like that. Like you said, 22 years old, not, not get burned out real quick. Yeah. Uh, you want to, you want him to stay healthy. Speaking of staying healthy, uh, the outfield group, we, we talked about Josh Naylor and uh, he apparently has progressed to some weight bearing activities on that, that fractured ankle and, and leg and uh, the, there might be a possibility that he's ready to, to rejoin the club at spring training Uh, if he does that just makes that outfield mix even more crowded but we talked to uh Antonetti and Chernoff and and kind of got the impression that maybe they're going to start looking outside of the organization for uh some help in that outfield which has been among the least productive outfields offensively uh over the last two three seasons yeah first of all great news on Naylor I mean you and I saw that that injury, Joe, and I, I got to tell you, that was horrific. I thought, I I was, you know, I thought it was a career, you know, I was thinking career ender in in my in the back of my mind. So, you know, if if Josh can come back from that, you know, more power to him. And you know, the the reports are positive to this day, you know, uh, right now. So that that's that's great to hear. Uh, and yeah, you know. I think they've got to look outside the, the organization for some outfield help. I mean, we've seen Bradley Zimmer, we've seen Mercado, we've seen Harold Ramirez, uh, you know, that, and we've seen Daniel Johnson, all those guys, while they didn't get, you know, they weren't in that lineup every day. They, they, they got, they got a lot, you know, at least 200 to 300 at bats. And, and uh, I think uh, no one really kind of, jumped up and grabbed, grabbed the job. So if they can go out and find some help, if they've got enough the wherewithal to make a deal or, you know, to uh, bring in a free agent. And I think they've got to do that. They, you know, they, they looked, they, they, you know, they looked at what they have, you know, in front of them. And, uh, and I think it was, they, you know, they can do better. They can do better. They either they've, you know, somebody has got to come up from the minors 
with Valera or Oscar Gonzalez, uh, you know, uh, Nolan Jones, maybe they put him out in the outfield, but he's coming off ankle surgery. But uh, they, they've got to find a solution out there. They just can't go with that same group of four guys. Yeah, any, any one of those, uh, you know, guys has a quality or two. They just don't have all of the qualities enough to, to be the guy out there. We did talk about uh, Miles Straw, and it looks like Terry Francona was impressed enough to, to, to have that at least center field and maybe the leadoff spot squared away for next season as it, it looks like Straw has, has done enough to impress there. But uh, like you said, uh, the clock is ticking until George Valera can get to the majors because right now what he is showing at the, in the minor leagues at double A, what he did this year, uh, even between high A and double A, it's, it was impressive. He, he has all of the things that, that you want to see in a, in a sort of a, a, a game changing or game altering outfielder uh, like that. So, you know, maybe, maybe you just waited out the two years, but uh, you need something for next year. You need some more offense than what you got out of your outfield this year. All right. Uh, as we, uh, you know, a couple more areas that were covered. Uh, Tito talked about his his hip surgery, uh, and and compared that to the the foot surgery, saying you know the the hip replacement was a piece of cake. So I'm sure all the people who have had hip or, <laughs> hip surgeries out there kind of laughed when they heard that. Uh, the other you know sort of not big revelation, but sort of uh, they kicked the can down the road on on the option uh, question. Jose Ramirez and Roberto Perez hold uh, that they, they hold player options or team options on on both of them. Uh, you'd think Ramirez is a, a no brainer, but the Perez option for seven million might uh, might be a bit of a question there. They don't have to make a decision on those until three days after the World Series. And we got no indication that they were going to make any announcement before that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, Joe, when we were asking Antonetti about uh, Perez. Uh, you know, I think we're all of this, the mindset that, that there's no way they picked that $7 million option up. But, you know, he was talking about, you know, maybe uh, 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 Roberto can, uh, you know, get it together in the offseason and really, you know, kind of physically, you know, come back where he can help the team next year. And I don't know if he was talking about the Indians or just, you know, help himself get another job with the, with the team. But I guess there's a, always a possibility if they don't pick up the option, they could renegotiate with them, you know, as a free agent and, and re-sign them because right. they're going to need a backup catcher. I mean, they're going to need two catchers. And uh, I don't know if, you know, if uh, the Indians have a younger catcher that, that is ready to help them that uh, who's a Lavista. I can't Lavastida and Lavastida and uh, Naylor in the minors are probably a year or two away each. There's right. they, they, they need a little more time. I think they're, they're both really young too. Uh, as far as renegotiate, I think the, the buyout on that, that contract option is $450,000 uh, as opposed to paying him 7 point yeah. something million. Uh, I think it's uh, right now. I, I, I can't see, you're going to be paying Austin Hedges somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four million uh, for for next season in arbitration, and you can go. It, Hedges proved he's a a, a competent enough 
uh, catcher and, and, and does the things that, that Francona likes, I, I think you're, you're going to go into the season with him as your number one. And if, if you can re-sign Perez, that's great. But, you know, players don't usually like to, uh, you know, yeah. give back, I guess, in terms of that, uh, that, that contract. So yeah, that, that's yeah, a that, great point because, the, the, you know, I can't remember the last time, you know, they didn't pick up an option and re-sign the guy. You know, I, I don't think they've, and, and they've done that, you know, a lot, you know, they, uh, you know, so I, you know, maybe that's a, you know, kind of a pipe dream of mine. So. Right. All right. Well, uh, we've got one more. Uh, we'll look at the wildcard games uh, took place over the last couple of nights, the, the Red Sox Yankees and the uh, Dodgers and Cardinals Cardinals, uh, and, and Dodgers, that was a walk-off game last night. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, Garrett Cole, kind of a big disappointment for the Yankees on uh, Tuesday. Uh, the Division Series games get underway uh, tonight. And we can uh, get into more, uh, more playoff talk tomorrow uh, and, and during tomorrow's podcast. Uh, we'll look forward to doing that then. Yeah, what about Kyle Schwarber? Uh, for the Indians, man, I, yeah. it's October. Don't don't say <laughs> Kyle Schwarber's name to me in October. I just uh, it, it makes me like real honestly. It, it makes me sick to my stomach. It, I just I, I will never get over it. It'll never happen. All right, Hoinsey, we'll uh, we're gonna wrap it up today, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.